We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to this special episode of Outside the Trenches. I am BJ Kissel, joined, as always, by Tucker Franklin and Nick, who may be joining us here in a few minutes. But we have got a special guest in former Kansas City Chiefs and Dallas Cowboys and a few other teams. But for this week, we'll just say Chiefs and Cowboys linebacker and Justin March Lillard, one of my favorite guys that I was lucky <laughs> enough to spend some time around during my time with the Chiefs. Justin, thank you for joining us. This is going to be a lot of fun. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Well, like I said, yeah. there, there's a, a cool perspective of somebody who played for both teams. Now, you played the majority of your career thus far uh, with Dallas uh, and playing, I think, in like you know 60 career games. And like 50 of those were with the Cowboys, obviously, with the Chiefs and Cowboys playing this week. And those are... You know, a matchup of the top two teams in their division, the seven and two Cowboys, the six and four Chiefs. So a lot to get down in this one. But before we break it all down, we do have to thank Jack Stack Barbecue, our sponsor. Whether you're in Kansas City or whether you live around the country, jackstackbbq.com will take care of you. Not a lot goes better together than football and barbecue. And everybody in Kansas City knows that. Justin, you probably remember that. It's been a few years, but I'm sure you I remember do, that. I do. Think about it all but the time. <laughs> we appreciate our friends at Jack Stack Barbecue for making all of this possible. All right, Justin, what are you up to now, man? Because it's been a couple years since we had spoken and it was following your career, running around doing different things. You've had a phenomenal career in your path. It's been it's been cool to follow. It was cool to follow for those few years that we were around and right after that. But what are you up to now? Tell the people what uh, what you got going on. Yeah, so uh, me, myself, um, I'm, I'm currently, you know, being a husband and a father. Um, that's kind of like my, my main duties, um, as well as working out and uh, in hopes that, you know, I'll get another shot on another team. Um, obviously, this territory is kind of unfamiliar because um, I've always been, you know, on a team since I've been in the NFL. But uh, really just really just working out, training, um, doing all those kind of things and also being able to be around my kiddos, uh, be around my wife. Um, and actually getting getting to uh, be able to watch some football from a different perspective, uh, not so much breaking down film, but actually enjoying it from a fan standpoint. Um, so that's kind of been, the, I guess, the the blessing um, within this spending time with my kids and also getting to see football from a different angle, um, being able to see, um, you know, not really have to critique or look at what everybody's doing, but kind of just watch it as a fan and 
um, you know, kind of text the guys and who I think, you know, going to going to go off for a lot of yards <laughs> or whatever it might be. So uh, that's kind of what it is, you know, just being a dad and being a husband and, you know, just enjoying every moment of that. Yeah. Can you? That's pretty cool. Yeah, go, go ahead, Tucker. Yeah. Well, I just had a question, Justin. You're from uh, you went to went to school at Akron. Uh, one of my favorite things to do in the middle of the week is watch some action football games. Oh, yeah. Um, did, I, I'm curious when you were there, did they do the, the, the midweek games or was that more of a kind of a recent thing? No, they, they actually did. Um, so I want to okay. say my junior and senior year became more like popular. And uh, it was it was always pretty fun because, you know, you're kind of like the only game that's on midweek. And uh -huh. then you kind of get the whole week excused from like uh, actual like classes and stuff like that. So, so I just remember like, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, missing a ton of class and not having to walk, you know, in the cold to certain places and stuff like that mm -hmm. um, for class. So, yeah, it's definitely, definitely fun. Um, definitely a lot of exposure in the MAC. You know, uh, definitely a lot of a lot of hidden talent there. Uh, some competitive ball from a lot of different teams. Right. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely one of those things that we kind of look forward to. Okay, November. <laughs> and for obviously the wrong reasons, you know, we didn't want to go to class often. So it was like, hey, we're, we're kind of getting out of class this week. You know, you, harder <laughs> classes might be Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday. And, you know, you're kind of exempt from all of those. So right. um, that's that's part of the fun thing about the match. And then obviously uh, playing and knowing that, you know, you got some people watching you. That was the beauty of playing college baseball is that you play so many games. We were gone all spring. Oh. <laughs> like I was barely in class. Like we had right. midweek games that were home and away. Like we were all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to go back. So you, you said you're like watching the games as a fan. Now, can you watch a football game as a fan or do you <laughs> mentally just start watching cues and start looking for things? What does that yeah, look like so, for you? So I guess I, I attempt to watch it as a fan. So um, whether that's, you know, getting food or ordering wings before stuff I've never been able to do, you know, since I was, since I was in high school, uh, but been able to do that from a fan. And then when, when like, there's like a, a third and one or something like that, or there's certain teams going together, I, I kind of overanalyze it and I'll uh, say, Hey, if I was the coach, this is what I would do. Or, Hey, I know, I know what they're thinking here. Or, Hey, that, you know, Z came in motion. So I know, I know it's a run or, you know, the X is mm -hmm. split. So um, in order to tighten down, so I know it might be a play action, you know, all, all those kind of things. So, um, I do, I do tend to watch it and, um, you know, from that perspective as well, but I attempt to watch it, you know, as a fan. So, I'm, you know, I order my food, get in all those kind of things, you know, trash talking between some of the guys and then uh, ultimately yeah. ends up in, you know, me getting stressed out trying to figure out, you know, <laughs> what's going to happen on this play or that play. Right. Right. Yeah. So you, you know, you came to the chiefs as a, as an undrafted free agents kind of getting into the league. The Chiefs right now have got a lot of guys who are UDFAs and getting playing time. I'm just curious, from your perspective, how tough is that as an undrafted guy to kind of come into a camp, make the active roster, and then, you know, Tershawn Horton's a guy I think of, you know, off the top of my head. He came from a Division II school. He gets on an active roster. And now he's getting a lot of playing time. How tough is that to actually do? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult when you first come in because you, you, you obviously know that you're going to be kind of like at the bottom of the depth chart. Yeah. Um, but it takes a certain mentality to – actually overcome and not really look at you know where you're at on a, on the depth chart but actually just focus on you know becoming the best player you can be and i think the chiefs do do a great great job of um you know actually telling you hey we don't care where you came from but we're going to give you an opportunity and what you do with that is totally up to you so i think i think coach reed uh you know and beach and all those guys do a great job of that um so it makes these guys comfortable um coming in and you know knowing that they have a chance and knowing that they're not just you know, filling a roster. So I think a lot of 
a lot of great players come from that that pool, um, you know, uh, across the league. So um, I think ultimately, it's, you know, it's the GMs and the coaches that make these players actually believe in themselves and say, hey, it doesn't matter where you came from. If you can help us win, that's what we want. And, you know, and then the guys go out there and they, you know, they take that and, and they run with it. Yeah, we've seen a number of guys through the years and guys that are on there right now. I know that around the time that you were there, Sharkandrick West came up yeah. and got called upon when Jamal got hurt. Daniel Sorensen's still there. Yeah, yeah. He was part of that original crew and all, and all those guys that, uh, that kind of did that. But let's talk current chiefs. And I know that you probably got, you probably, you played on a few different teams. So I'm sure you, you got your eyes on a lot of different teams. Uh -huh. um, when you've watched the chiefs this year, Let's get into the the Raiders games. It's kind of like every other game, and then the Raiders game. Just what stood out to you about what you've seen from the Chiefs this year bef before we start talking about the matchup on Sunday? Uh, yeah. So uh, just from my uh, unbiased opinion, obviously I, I love the Chiefs and um, such a such a powerful, powerful you know offense. And um, what I felt like personally was there was times where the defense kind of struggled. And being Patrick Mahomes, being you know the one of the greatest quarterbacks that will ever play this game. Uh, you know, you put a lot of weight on your shoulders and say, hey, I'm going to go out here and do this. And, uh, there, and the, the more opportunities you have to go out there and, uh, you know, try to air a defense out, the more, you know, mistakes or interceptions are going to come with it. That's just part of, you know, being being a leader, being a, being a hero and being somebody who does that. So I think I think that kind of, um, you know, ultimately made them struggle a little bit. The defense wasn't playing so great. Patrick Mahomes comes in and, you know, he's, he's trying to make everyone get on board because he's a leader, right? So you take those chances and you go out there and you try to, try to throw guys open and you try to, you know, air, air teams out. That's just what you do. That's just the nature of who he is. Um, so I think, I think that came without obviously some, some interceptions and stuff like that. But um, I mean, the chiefs are the chiefs. You, you can't look past them and they can turn up and put, you know, 50 on you and a half. You just, you just don't know. So um, I think that, and then I think obviously Patrick Mahomes came out um, this past game, Tyreek Hill, um, Travis Kelsey, all those guys, um, you know, it, it seemed like they were more in sync than they have been the past few weeks. Um, and here we are getting it later in the season and they've been here, you know, many, many times before. So um, obviously they're just going to keep keep getting hot. And, you know, <laughs> I expect them to ultimately be back in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of the general consensus now after that, that game happened, especially on national TV, too. So. Uh, Justin, I'm curious your thoughts on this Chiefs defense, too. They first started off the season not looking very good, especially against the run didn't look very good. And, mm -hmm. and I know Mike DeVito and Jeff Allen have talked about once you get a certain point in the season, you stop those padded practices and it's going to be even it was going to be even tougher for them to figure it out. But it seems like they've really figured things out. What are you what are kind of your impressions of how they've been playing recently? Yeah, well, uh, I, I know Anthony Hitchens from a, from a personal level. Uh, yeah. So very good friend of mine. So I, I know. I know that uh, he's going to make sure those guys are ready to play. And obviously you have some younger, talented linebackers, um, you know, and Willie Gay and uh, Nick Bowden. Those, those guys are outstanding, outstanding young guys. <laughs> um, so, like I said, they've been here before. Um, nothing really matters up until this point. I think they will start being able to uh, stop the run. As, as you can see in the Raiders game, they did a lot of great things to, to help, you know, and, and, and I think that's just who they are. Obviously with the Honey Badger and those guys on the back end, you know, they, they can shut down anybody in any critical moment um, when they want to. And obviously you got Dirty Dan who's, you know, he's willing to make a play just about any time, you know, and uh, that, that's just part of his, uh, you know, resiliency. I mean, the, the guy can, you know, lose a couple of plays here and there and turn around and, and get you a forced fumble. And I think that's just been his MO. Um, so, I, like I said, these guys have all been here before uh, multiple, mm -hmm. multiple times these past few, few years. And I think uh, there's a lot of people on the outside that, 
they don't really see that because you expect so much. You expect the Chiefs to go undefeated, right? You expect them mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> to to beat everybody. And uh, I mean, that's that's the same exact thing when you know when the Patriots were on that run. You expected them to win just about every time. So when when they lost or when they didn't do so well, it kind of hurt. You know what I mean? So um, I think just just seeing that and understanding that, and then also understanding what kind of team they are late in the year. Um, I think they'll have no problem. You know, their, their defense will, will turn around and, you know, they'll kick it up here here soon. Patrick Mahomes will be unstoppable. I don't think anybody's going to be able to stop Tyreek or, or Travis Kelsey, um, you know, in, in the long run. So, um, you know, I, I expect this game to especially be a great matchup knowing both teams. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, I definitely expect the Chiefs to, you know, just keep getting better. Um, I mean, they're they're a playoff Super Bowl team, so um, yeah, they'll keep getting better. Just there's a lot of young fans in Chiefs Kingdom that we had to, as a consensus, all <laughs> together, we had to have a heart to heart on and talk about entitlement, right? <laughs> and right. Fandom <laughs> and what's expected, yeah, exactly, uh, out of a team and that forty points and shutouts is right. not is the NFL. But mm-hmm. um, I do want to ask because obviously you're close with the Cowboys, and for anyone who's listening to this, obviously is going to be watching the game on Sunday. What can you give us like a you know a quick two minute breakdown on the Cowboys on both sides of the ball? What can the Chiefs expect as a fan who's listening to this? What can they expect to see from the Cowboys on Sunday in this game? Yeah, uh, so Dallas is always a pretty competitive team. Um, they're always going to come out. Dak is an you know unbelievable leader, so those guys will be ready to go. Um, and then you also have you know a lot of lot of young swagger, talented defensive players that um, you can go out there and make plays. Um, so, so I think, I think what I, it's kind of, it's kind of tough to know exactly what to expect, but I, I expect the, the Cowboys to come out and try to put up 50, just like I expect mm-hmm. the Chiefs to come out and try to do the same. Um, I expect the, the Cowboys to, um, you know, their defense to take it personal. I expect them to, to come out hungry. I expect Trayvon Diggs to, to, uh, you know, accept his challenge playing Tyreek Hill. I expect, um, you know, Jerron Kirst to come out and want to be on Travis Kelsey. I expect, you know, um, Micah Parsons to come out and want to want to get in just about everything across across the, oh, yeah. you know, the middle of the field, get in the backfield, disrupt some plays. Um, so I kind of expect them to, to be aggressive. I expect them to um, go in knowing, you know, the talent that they're facing, knowing that they're facing, you know, the Chiefs teams, who, you know, a team who's been in the Super Bowl the past couple of years and, you know, come out, come out fire. And I expect Dak to come out and try to play his best game and prove that, you know, he should be in a conversation with Patrick Mahomes. Um, so you, you can just expect a confident team that's going to come out and, you know, and try to put up points. They're, they're not going to small ball you. They're going to try to go over the top. Um, they're going to try to see, you know, how much the defense can hold up with, uh, you know, hold up going against Zeke and our offensive line. Um, so, they're, I mean, they're going to they're gonna test the Chiefs for sure. They're going to see, you know, our, you know, can their DBs cover? Um, you know, Dax might try to throw for 400. <laughs> I expect him to be, you know, um, they're going to take what the Chiefs give them. I mean, are you going to give them the run? Um, they'll, they'll keep feeding Zeke. Um, but like I said, I expect yeah. the same thing from the Chiefs. You know, <laughs> I expect them to go out and try to put up 50, 60 points and, and prove that, you know, they're, they're the top dog in this league. Yeah, I, you, basically what you're saying is take the over. <laughs> so, and, I, and, you know, you talk about Micah Parsons, and it's a player that we should talk about because it's a player that Chiefs fans won't be familiar with yet, and they right, should. Right. Same thing with uh, Trayvon Diggs leading the league in interest. Like, these are two right, young right. players that you, you're you going to hear their names on Sunday because that's just what they've been about. But as much as, as a Chiefs fan, you just look at that, it's just every week it's the same. Last week it was Max Crosby. A few weeks ago before that it was Miles Garrett. Right, like right. It's not like they haven't faced these guys, but right. there's always a dude on the other side who gets paid a lot or is a top pick yep. that can get after the opposing quarterback. Um, 
not going to make any comparisons to, to Dak and Mahomes, but out, but the skill possession, skill position players on the Cowboys of all the teams in the league, there's only a few that I feel like you could put in the conversation with the Chiefs, yeah. Travis Kelsey yeah. and yeah. Terry Kill. Dallas is one of those with Zeke, CD Lamb, Amari Cooper. These guys, these guys can make plays and they have the ability to put up a lot of points. So a guy like Juan Thornhill, Honey Badger, those guys are going to be absolutely key in this game. But mm-hmm. you know this. It always starts with the run game, especially with the Chiefs defense, what yeah, we've seen sure. this year. At one point, they were giving up eight yards. Like, through like the first four weeks, they were giving up an average of like eight yards of play on yeah. first down. Yeah. Like you can't be successful as a defense right, if you never exactly. even see a third down. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you expect to see, I guess, to kind of combat um, what both teams do well? And not to get it too much into the scheme stuff, mm-hmm. but just – how, if you were a defensive coordinator, would you attack both of these teams? Uh, yeah, so it's uh, so for I would I, I would ultimately in a game like this, um, preferably I, w- I would come out and I would actually try to play man and just see who who can guard who, you know, right off the bat, and not try to just give Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, easy throws to you know throw throw the zone. Same thing with Dak, you know, I would I would want them to to um, you know have tougher throws, so I would, I would play some man coverage. Um, and you know, within within that, your your linebackers are usually on the running back, so you can kind of see, you know, who's going to win the dogfight up front, um, what linebackers are going to be able to tackle on each side of the ball. Um, but I, I expect Dallas to come out and be be a little bit more balanced. Um, obviously, they have Tony Pollard, and I expect a big game from Dalton Schultz, who who plays tight end, um, because you have so much to worry about, you know, kind of kind of on the outside, and you know, how do where do you, where do you put? You know the honey badger. Are you are you gonna are you gonna waste him and put him on put him on a tight end and then turn around and you know not have help on CD Lamb and those guys over the top. Um, you know in that situation, and then Dalton Schultz is a, is a really good tight end. <laughs> so yeah. so he's definitely somebody that needs to be accounted for. So you're gonna have to you know your linebackers gonna have to be able to cover and stuff like that. And uh, you know I, I felt like in in the game one with uh, Tampa Bay when they played the Cowboys, um, I feel like they kind of blitzed a lot. They kind of got after. Uh, Dak a little bit so so I think the Chiefs you know if they're smart they're going to want to run some blitzes and um, but then then Dak is also one of the best quarterbacks facing the blitz so so that's kind of tough so you know mixing some man blitzes in there and um, stuff like that and obviously uh, from a home you just have to have to play some man coverage and you know make make Tyreek and those guys get open which they're unbelievable at doing so I don't think as a defensive coordinator this is an easy game on on either side I think it's probably (laughs) the toughest game uh, to be a defensive coordinator um, you know, facing these two teams. But uh, I definitely, if it was me, I would definitely start off in man just to see kind of how it worked on both sides, see, you know, who's getting open, if we can just guard, you know, can can we man up and, and play ball? And then, uh, you know, after that, you kind of mix in, mix in your own things and, you know, maybe run some cover too, see if, see if Patrick Mahomes can, you know, hit some hole shots, um, mm-hmm. see if he'll force some things, um, things like that. Same same thing with Dak. I mean, Dak's one of the best quarterbacks in coverage, just same with, same with Patrick Mahomes. So, um, I think it'll be tough, but I, I think I think these teams will come out and run a little bit of man and see, you know, okay, it's good on good. Let's let's see who who's really better. All right, let's yeah. bring on somebody. Our other co-host right now is is here to join us, and Nick Lecky, former K State All American, two time Remington finalist as an offensive lineman at K State. So let's bring Nick on here. I also grew up a Cowboys fan growing up in Dallas. No, you were not a Cowboys no. fan. No, you were man. an Emmett Smith. You were an Emmett Smith fan. I was not Emmett Smith. <laughs> you told me when you met him in Arizona, he was like the guy you watched growing up. Now I was a off, I was a I was a Cowboy offensive lineman fan in the early '90s. Man, they they kicked oh, ass. Okay. You know, they really yeah. did. So, but, uh, I like Uncle Emmett. 
<laughs> yeah, I liked Uncle. He was a good guy. Yeah, and I was I was Uncle my, my Lee, buddies were more right. big fans. Yeah. Sorry, Nick, Nick, Justin, Justin, Nick, we'll do this live on the show. But Nick, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, we're just talking Cowboys Chiefs matchup. Uh, I talked a little bit about the coverage from a defensive coordinator standpoint. What do you see from the guys up front? And you guys just kind of rap about, you know, yeah. play, two guys who played the game. Uh, what do you expect to see up front on the offensive line with both these guys? Because Chiefs offensive line is playing better and we know what Dallas has. Yeah, they're, they're definitely gelling. You know, uh, I don't know how much film you've watched on the Chiefs, Justin, but uh, based off sort of like what you've seen these past couple of weeks, you know, how are you as a linebacker sort of um, uh, attacking Daryl Williams? I mean, he's kind of emerged as their, you know, number one running back since Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, how would you like to, uh, the defense to attack that line of scrimmage, you know, with D lineman and linebacker position from the Cowboys? Yeah. So you, you definitely, uh, he, he's kind of a little bit more stout than, uh, than a lot of people think and actually know. So um, you definitely don't want him to get extremely north and south on you. I feel like that's when he kind of does his most damage is kind of running left off tackle. Um, so you're probably going to want to have a little bit of movement and make him bounce a little bit um, and then kind of get your, you know, get your safeties and him to kind of come down and tackle a little bit rather than, you know, always, always see, um, always see him kind of running through some arm tackles. So um, I think if you kind of fit him up and you can get the, you know, the right, the right movement up front, I think that'll be good. Um, like I said, I, I think they'll come out to start off and kind of just man up and just see, hey, good on good, and and, and see, you know, who can tackle, and and stuff like that. But but I definitely I definitely think that you definitely want to have some movement, whether it's you know some pirates, whether you want the the end knifing and you know getting getting Williams to bounce, um, and then just just see you know who can who can kind of scrape off the edge when you have a guy like Michael Parsons, you know, coming over the top and one on one. So I, I think they're going to want to want that matchup. Um, so if if I'm the Cowboys, I'm I'm definitely going to think about knife in the end and making Darrell Williams bounce, especially when he's trying to run, you know the uh, the bounce play, or I guess the the belly bounce when you know when he when he comes to the left and it kind of bounces out. I've seen him score or has some big runs on those plays. So mm-hmm. so I definitely think they'll have some movement for sure. How does it change your mind as as a linebacker? So let's say you get you know maybe 60, 70 snaps, you know uh, a, a down or a game total for an offense. And so they've gone from maybe running 10 running plays to running 20 or 30. How does that change your mentality f- from a linebacker's perspective? Oh uh, yeah. You, the, the biggest thing that uh, we've always been coached on is just kind of reading your keys, but definitely from a mentality standpoint, um, you know, you, you want to be a little bit more aggressive coming downhill. Um, the more runs you get um, just because you don't want to be late on those runs. And sometimes when, you know, a team, they're not really passing. I mean, they're not really running so much, but they're more so passing, um, you know, sometimes linebackers tend to be a little bit more, you know, hesitant to come downhill. Um, and that's when you see some of these power backs kind of running through arm tackles and linebackers not really fitting up too well. Um, so I think, if you, you know, these guys just have to keep their keys, um, understand exactly what they're looking at, and then just kind of play ball and not, not really, you know, get into the guessing game. But uh, definitely, definitely have to be more aggressive the more runs you get. Uh, so and then also with, with, with that being said, too, um, uh, how is it like your, your coverage responsibilities, like first and second down, like, is it just depend on, on the play called or is it m- more reading keys or is it, you know, go from a run mode to a pass mode? Yeah. So uh, depending on what team you're playing, um, you know, certain formations or, you know, they might say, okay, P and 10, meaning the first drive, you know, of the game or the first drive coming out of halftime or the first drive of a series. Um, that first down is a little bit more different, you know, than a, than a traditional first down. So the, the P and 10 is what we call it. 
Uh, some teams might be more, you know, boot or play action, you know, their first first down of the series or the first first down of the game or coming out the half. And then you have the, you know, after after they've already had a first down, um, what are those first downs looking like? Are, are they more, you know, zone team? Are they more, you know, quick game? Um, kind of what you're what you're thinking. So every team kind of has a little bit of a uh, different flair on it, if you will. And then also also it, it just depends on what package you're in. I mean, if they come out in 12 personnel, you can kind of expect, you know, a run. You can kind of expect, you know, some some type of bigger type play like that. If they come out in 11 personnel, um, now you might be expecting a pass or kind of like some one-on-one matchup type things. Um, so it, it, it ultimately just kind of depends, you know, what that formation is, what the personnel is on first down. Um, and then ultimately, you know, second, second and short, second and five, um, you can get just about anything. You know, they can run, get a, you know, is, it, is this team a good, good third and one team? It just, it really just depends. So if they feel like, okay, they have a, you know, second and five, they can run for four yards and, you know, they're good at converting third and ones. Then they might do it. Um, if they're not so good on third, third and short, um, they might come out and try to pass and pick up that that first down on second down. Um, so it, it ultimately just depends, you know, kind of like what personnel's in the game. Um, you know, is the first down of the of the series? Is it after first down? Um, are they more screen after they get a first down and then they hurry back up? Are they more, um, you know? So you kind of see that from the Chiefs. You kind of you kind of see them and, and the Cowboys, honestly. You kind of see them get a first down, and then, you know, when everybody's kind of thinking run, hurry up, get to the ball, you know, there's some type of tight end screen or, you know, uh, misdirection screen off of it. And, you know, just kind of kind of get everyone, everyone guessing. So it really just depends what kind of team are they on first down after they've already earned it or if they're just coming out, you know, first first down of the series. All right. We, we've got a special guest that when we put out on social media that you were joining us, somebody gave a hashtag Quadzilla. <laughs> and I sent a very quick DM and I was like, you want to come on and say hi to your old buddy? So let's bring on a familiar face to all of us here, Tucker. Let's bring on Mr. Aaron Borgman. Yo, Bubba. <laughs> hey, how's it going? What's up, my guy? Uh, it's good to see you. Thanks for having right. me, BJ. Hey, no problem. Anybody who's listening on audio, we have welcome on Aaron Borgman. I want to say nine years. How many years were you in the NFL? Uh, Twelve in the league. Oh. Five here in KC. I wasn't even close. All right, 12 years in the league, five as an athletic trainer in Kansas City. Now he's got his own company doing his own thing. But anytime we have players on, the athletic trainers have better relationships with the players than probably anybody in Nick's nodding than anybody in the facility. And obviously two good dudes right here. But Aaron, we're talking a little Chiefs, Chiefs Cowboys on Sunday. And obviously Justin's got a unique perspective on this one. Yeah. I mean, listen. There's there's nobody who knows these teams better than Justin. Obviously, he played for both of them. He played really well for both of them. Um, and I got to tell you, uh, I, I've rehabbed a lot of people. And Justin was the only person to never say no. He gave me a lot of dirty looks sometimes. <laughs> he gave me a lot of questioning looks. He never said, I ain't doing that. He never said, um, uh, can we do something else? He just said, all right, man. <laughs> that's awesome so, uh, listen to him he's got some valuable insight that's my take-home message all right aaron thank you for Thanks, popping aaron. in and saying hello and <laughs> now we're good always good you to see you, buddy. we got a golf got a golf soon yep see you all soon right. all right so right now justin i brought this up before nick we were going to do the segment even if you weren't able to join us uh your favorite segment here on the show in blind nil and i'm going to start it uh with just a couple of questions specifically justin for you uh, because I'm curious, 
Uh, A, I want your favorite individual moment during your time with the Chiefs. Now, it doesn't have to be a play. It doesn't have to be during a game. It could be an interaction with a teammate, a staff member, whatever it is. What is like the one moment that you think of when people ask you about your time in Kansas City? Uh, yeah, I, I would say the the number one thing is is definitely, um, you know, you kind of you kind of hear about the you know the old Arrowhead and how packed it gets and and uh, things like that. And um, obviously, I missed my rookie year, um, and then my second year when I actually end up end up starting my very first game. You know, it was a home game, and they're actually introducing the defensive players. And I just remember, uh, you know, hearing all the stories and, you know, kind of like when you're pregame warming up, you really don't, um, you know, the fans really aren't in the stands like that. So it's kind of hard to tell, like, hey, you know, what's going to happen? And then, uh, man, I just keep replaying this moment. At, at the, the time I came out of the tunnel, out of the, the tunnel um, just just the amount of fans and how loud it was and, and that roar is everything you kind of dream about as a kid when you say, hey, I want to play in the NFL is, is that moment, you know, coming out of the tunnel. Um, you know, first game um, against the Chargers. And as, as you can remember, it's probably that uh, the epic win that we yeah. – that uh, Alex Smith ended up, you know, scoring that off that option. But, uh, but yeah, so that that moment there is probably something I always remember. It was always something I wanted to feel as as a kid, you know, saying, hey, I want to play in the NFL, but I want to come out of the tunnel. <laughs> you know, you always see guys <laughs> on TV coming out this tunnel, and then what better place to do it than, uh, than Arrowhead, um, you know, being the loudest stadium. So um, that's definitely that's cool. the moment I remember – um, you know, probably, probably for the rest of my life. Um, something I always tell my kids about that, that very moment. Um, that was, you know, it was just crazy. I, I mean, the, the feeling, I can't shake that feeling, but yeah, mm-hmm. that, that coming out of that tunnel arrowhead is, is, is a lot different than, uh, you know, most places. All right. Yeah. And, and one other one, sorry, Nick, one other question real quick. I want to give you an opportunity and you can't say Aaron, cause we just had him on. Uh, but who is somebody that, that fans wouldn't know, because they're not forward-facing, they're not public, that was instrumental in helping you in some way. It could be health, it could be it could be Kirsten, it could have been BJ Stable, like anyone. Like who is somebody that was really instrumental for you and your family at that point in your life that, that fans might not know, but is part of that organization. And I try to peel back that onion of the pe- – there's so many people behind the scenes who don't get credit for all the stuff they do. Aaron, Rick, that whole crew is one of them. But who is somebody that you look back on during your time in Kansas City being like, that person was awesome for me? Yeah, so um, so I, I would definitely say um, if if we're going just a part of the organization as a whole, um, I would probably say um, – Therese Paler was definitely somebody, mm-hmm. um, just, a, you know, may he rest, um, someone that brought out um, something I didn't really get to see, and a lot of you guys did, um, you know, just been able to talk to the media and have this, you know, open conversation, and he would ask you, hey, you know, if you don't want me to put this in there, I won't, and then you really don't see that from a lot of places. What what I've, what I've learned, you know, being, uh, you know, just going to college and, you know, some reporters there and obviously been on different teams, um, yeah. And him putting that, you know, the story out about about my me losing my dad and kind of what that meant to me and him taking the time to, to actually do that and put the, the right things in there so people could actually, you know, get impacted from it, uh, which had nothing to do with football, but everything to do with, uh, you know, me as a person and, you know, who this story would impact. Um, I, I just think about that moment. I just think about how that kind of helped me because I, it was a very sensitive topic that I really – you know, at the, at the time, you know, it was, it was tough to talk about, but talking to him made it a lot easier and it kind of helped me actually get over, 
um, you know, the the sharpness of that pain when I whenever I talked about my dad and losing my father. But uh, Therese yeah. Payton, definitely, definitely the definitely the guy who um, in that organization that was a part of it that kind of helped out. And obviously BJ Stabler, um, mm -hmm. you know, from from all, all your knees when it came to, you know, <laughs> my, my wife moving <laughs> down and, um, you know, having a kid and getting connected with the right people. Um, definitely the be behind the scenes player engagement um, all across the NFL should get a lot more credit and recognition yeah. than they do because they're, they're the ones who kind of keep, keep things at bay and make sure you're connected with the right people, regardless of anything. I mean, if you, if you need a, a tow truck, if, if you need <laughs> anything, yeah. you know, some, some assistance with your family and, and they kind of keep the show running um, so that you can kind of play your best on the field. So definitely the player engagement, yeah. um, that, that entire staff with, uh, you know, BJ and, and Ramsey and, and those guys, um, you know, can't thank those guys enough um, for my time in Kansas City, um, as well as as well as all the all the reporters and media. I feel, I feel like, you know, one of the best really organizations good. out there actually, you know, taking what what the guys are saying and not putting a lot of you know negative things. They're saying, hey, if you don't like this, yeah. we won't put it in there. And, yeah. and for the I, yeah, and that's yeah. For the most part, it's a it's a good media group, and I yeah, didn't know yeah. a lot different, but I would hear. Like kind of how other places would work and not that yeah. it's perfect and not there haven't been issues. There's always yeah. going to be issues. Uh, but that in general, like, especially when you were there, it was just, when Therese was there every day, like it was a fun group to be around. Yeah. Um, that's, that's it for my section of blind. Now, Nick, I'll pass the baton over to you. That's cool. So, so Justin, so, I mean, my last year was 09 with the saints when they won the Super Bowl, Um, and I remember we had those relationships with media. So is that still a thing in this day and age with the, the Twitter fast break sort of, you know, news, can you still trust some reporters to be like talk off the record and give them like kind of the inside scoop without printing it and put your name on it? Uh, yeah. So, um, I know, I know with, <laughs> you don't have to say specifically, the... I just laugh when you say off the record because I know somebody that we both know says there's no such thing as off the record. Yeah, <laughs> like I can hear. Uh, I hear that. Yeah, I always hear that. I'm always, I'm always kind of nervous, um, you know, when when those things kind of happen. Um, but I, I will I will say in Dallas, um, they have some good reporters there that um, you kind of talk off the record with, and you know, just kind of just kind of have you know fun with, and um, you know, it won't end up on Twitter, it won't end up on social media, and. Um, I think that's good. I think I think being with the Chiefs and with the Cowboys, you got to see how would I how would I put it? Seeing seeing you know actually starting off with the Chiefs, I was like, I was like, I'm so glad that my career started with the Chiefs because you talk about an organization who just does everything the right way, has the right the right people, um, and then they go to Dallas and everything's a lot brighter. You have you know you have you know twice as many media people in there, and uh, you know but but still a good crowd. So. Um, you definitely still form relationships with some of those people. Um, I definitely still have good relationships with a lot of the Cowboys media. Um, and, you know, they stay in touch with me and, you know, we might talk about football and free agency and it never ends up on Twitter. Talk about the family, you know, whether it's, you know, different struggles or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, so so those relationships, I think, is, you know, still important. And, and I still have good relationships, um, you know, with those people. I really didn't get to uh, get to know the Titans too well, but from what I, from what I see, they – you know, they do a good job um, as well. All right. And, and sticking with true blind nil fashion, the show, I'm not going to ask you which is better because I think both cities do something oh. different. But I need your favorite Dallas barbecue spot and I need your favorite Kansas City barbecue spot. Um, okay. So for Dallas, you can say like if you're like craving something or something, you know, I go here, I go there, you know. Yeah. If, okay. So 
Dallas, I'm going with Hutchins Barbecue. Okay. Hutchins. What do you like there? So their their burn ins are pretty good. Their burn oh. their burn ins are good. I know, I know, right? Yeah. So it's 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 kind of it's kind of crazy because if I could put uh, the perfect combination, you know, I would take the let's do it. I would take I would take the brisket from I would take the brisket from Hutchins. Okay. I would take the burn ins from Q thirty nine. Okay. With Jack Stack sides and carrot cake. Yeah, nice. that's that that's how I would do it personally. Um, so so I'm always like, hey, you know, if I could just take this this brisket from Hutchins, <laughs> mixed with the burn ins from Q thirty nine with Jack Stack's you know, um, sides and carrot cake, I would, you know, I would be in the game. It would be, it would be perfect, perfect for me. So, um, but that's your all pro, I'm, all pro barbecue plate. Yeah. All, all pro. But, but if, if I, if I was to, um, have to choose one in Kansas city, um, I was a big Oklahoma Joe's Kansas city Joe's fan. Um, you know, that was like, that was like, you know, my the Z man, you know, the go, the go to. So, so, I'm going Hutchins in Dallas, um, and I'm going Kansas City, Oklahoma Joe's in Kansas City. Nice. I like. Hey, next time you come up, man, we'll take you to Jack Stack, man. They got the Crown Prime Rib. It is the dumbest thing on the planet. <laughs> like I used to be a Joe's fan. Like to me, it was like if I had one meal in Kansas City, it'd be like Joe's burn ends. Yeah. Uh, now get that Crown Prime Rib at Jack Stack in the man, I gotta, I gotta try it. I, I've been I've been wanting to make my way back there so I could. Uh, get some barbecue yeah i know right absolutely you're welcome anytime and we will take you and awesome. i don't think i would be hard-pressed to find somebody that at some point in their life hasn't done this nick and you probably have done it where it's like you know what i'm gonna put together the ultimate barbecue and i'm gonna go to three different places and i'm gonna get what i like <laughs> from here and i like from here half two-thirds of it ends up cold when you get home and you got to right. heat it up and it just never works out the way you want it to but uh i'm not gonna say i haven't done that before all right justin now we're gonna put you on the spot with blind nil, do you have a topic or questions that you want Nick and I to answer? Okay, um, being oh, okay, I wanted to hear this from like you know, you guys and who just just by watching who would who would you rather take? Who would you guys rather take, Marcus Peters or Trayvon Diggs? And we're talking their their um, first two years of their career. <laughs> I like, I think, I think Diggs, I think Diggs, I don't know, man, just some, some about him just seems like the, the more complete player, like some about him seems like more of a, I don't know, is he, is he a locker room leader? Like he seems like a, like a fantastic locker room guy. Yeah. Know? So he's uh yeah, everybody, everybody likes Diggs. He's, he's, he's pretty quiet, kind of keeps to himself. Um, but I mean, he's, a, he's always kind of like locked in, you know what I mean? Like. I could like tell. You have to like get him to like not think about football sometimes, which is which is dope. So, and, and but it's tough because with Peters too, it's like you know you play so emotional and you, and you love that from from a defensive player, man. You need you know you know you need them raw emotions. Yeah. Whereas, you know, from an offensive lineman, man, we got to be like a cold blooded serial killer, like no emotions whatsoever. Right. So that, that's why I was always envious of defensive guys because you guys can just <laughs> you know wear your heart on your sleeve, and we just got to be like, All right? You know, <laughs> you know, you just. Just, I'll answer the question, Justin. But you know how you just said like you like the media people because you could talk to them off the record. You wouldn't repeat things, uh-huh. even though I'm not at the chief. There's certain things I'm just not going to repeat. Uh-huh. But that being said, I liked Marcus. Like Marcus and I, like we got along. He always showed me respect. I learned a few things about Mark. And I'll tell this story. I don't think I've ever told this story publicly about Marcus, and I think you would understand it because you knew him a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
and it only under it would only make sense to people that have been around him before. So we were it was a road game. This is such a dumb thing, but it's what I think of when I think of Marcus. So it was one of those road games. Nick, we've talked about this. You get to the, you ride the bus, you get to the hotel, you get off the bus, and then everybody waits for the elevator for like 40 minutes because mm-hmm. all yep. the players, and like we're in the business staff. So we're at the back. You guys get on the elevators, you go up. We're sitting waiting for all the elevators to fill up. Well, I don't remember. I think we were in San Diego. I think it was San Diego. Um, I'm almost positive it was because I can picture the locker room after the game and it was tiny. So I'm pretty sure that was San Diego. Mm-hmm. But we were, we got, the bus got to the, the team hotel and everybody was waiting on the elevators. Well, like it was Steve Nelson, Marcus, and I want to think it was Hussein, it was somebody else Mm -hmm. tried to get, and there's like three elevators on each side. And we're kind of like sitting in a room to go inside. Well, they tried to get in the back corner elevator. Well, it filled up. And so like they were coming back, they were the last three players. And then it was all business staff. Well, the elevator just to the right, like right by us opened while they're shut on them. Mm-hmm. Well, then there were a couple of guys and one of them was the photographer and it wasn't his fault, but like he saw it open and he start to, he started to walk to get on the elevator in front uh-huh. of the players. I put my arm out to stop him. And right when I did that, Marcus looked and saw me stop him and let them onto the elevator. And he just kind of nodded. Didn't think anything <laughs> of it. Fast forward to after the game, we won. I'm standing by uh Kansas city. I went, say who it is but Kansas City star reporter who post game they won goes up to marcus and i was standing right there and he goes marcus can i get a time marcus like i ain't talking to you guys today just uh-huh. being mark he's just marcus it's like okay so i looked and i just kind of nodded and started to turn around he reached out grabbed my arm he goes bj whatever you need what do you got and he had never done that like that before like, we were cool but nothing like that and the right. only thing i could think of was I showed him respect in a very simple way with the elevator thing. And he knew to show me respect. He just answered my simple. It was never anything edgy, but we always just kind of like, I showed him respect in that way. I was respectful of his time. I always felt like that was my big thing. Be respectful of your guys' time. And that's how it was reciprocated to me. So the passionate, the, when things went bad, that's stuff that I didn't see. Um, But in that way, like I understood Marcus, but that being said, I'm not going to say it was perfect with him the mm-hmm. whole time. And I was never around Diggs, but Diggs seems to be making a lot of the same plays that Marcus did. Yeah, it seems yeah, to be locked crazy, in <laughs> in that kind of way. But you and I both, Marcus needs football. Like that yeah. is what that guy was about and where he's from and how he grew up and all of that stuff made him who he is. And I completely respected and, and understood uh, kind of where he came from. So I don't know if that answers the question. Uh, no, I would take does. either one of those guys, but that's my Marcus story that I always think about. Um, and during the, the other one was actually a Therese, uh, that Therese was one of the very few people when things got really testy with Marcus, that the media was scared to talk to him. They wouldn't go ask him because you never yeah. knew what he'd just go that. off. I love seeing but the Therese, locker, afraid of players. Like, <laughs> But they would sit in the corner and I just knew because I, when that stuff was going on, Chiefs.com wasn't going to be covering it. So like, right. I didn't need to go over there. But Therese by himself walked over there and Marcus would talk to him. And yeah. I think fans would realize they don't have to talk to you. Like they don't have to do that. And there are, there is, I don't want to say an intimidation type deal, but it's not easy just to walk over and talk to a player like that, especially with Marcus in that scenario. And Therese was the one guy who could do it because he had Marcus's respect because of the way that he carried himself and the way he was with you as well. Yep. For sure. That answer. So, all right. Well, that is blind nil. And that is this week's episode of outside the trenches. Thank you, Tucker, uh, for producing behind the scenes and joining us at the beginning. Nick, thanks for coming on. And Justin, man, it was a pleasure. Always enjoy catching up with you. We got to do this more, but, uh, 
I'm not going to ask you for a prediction because I don't want to put you in that spot. <laughs> but what are you looking forward to most about the game on Sunday? Oh, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, man, a lot of a lot of playmakers. Probably in one game that um, I think I, I think I'll ever be able to watch. Um, I think for a lot of people, um, I mean, all across the boards. Um, I mean, what what Snead is doing out there for the Chiefs, um, Honey Badger, those, those guys. Um, obviously, Chris Jones and you know that that defense. And then you got the Cowboys. You got all their all their stars over there. You got Dak and you know Mahomes going at it. You got Travis Kelsey. You got Dalton Schultz, which is you know another good tight end. Um, obviously, you got Ceedee Lamb, and you got Tyree Hill, um, Josh Gordon, those guys. So, I mean, a lot, a lot of, lot of talent, a lot of star-studded talent. Um, I think will be in one game. So I think everybody should just kind of sit back and enjoy, kind of watch the show. Uh, I'm hoping, hoping, hoping for a good game. Um, and I just, I just don't know who's who's going to win. I think that's the beauty of it. Um, is going to the game and not really having. Okay, this is exactly who's going to win. Um, but I think in any given moment, um, you know, I think there'll be a big play. I think Tyreek will make a big play. Um, I think Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb will make a big play. Um, I think Zeke will have a couple of nice runs. And I also think there'll be times where, you know, the Chiefs get get a third and one stop against Zeke. Um, so so I'm expecting it to be fun, man. When you, whenever, and, and what, I, what I do know is um, guys like Mahomes and those guys, um, you know, once they get opportunity to play against, Cowboys and America's team, they're going to have something to prove. So, um, I mean, I expect it to be super, super competitive. Uh, I think it'll be fun to watch. And let's not pretend that this game doesn't mean a lot to the Hunt family. Nope. <laughs> That's been exactly. brought up, but yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that, that messaging <laughs> definitely hits. At some point, there was like a, hey, <laughs> like that look like, hey, come on. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, it's, this is this is what you want your, your Super Bowl to be. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. This could yeah, be a match. Yeah, for sure. We, and the beauty thing for Chiefs Kingdom, which you mentioned when you ran out of that tunnel for the first time, is those 3.30 kickoffs at Arrowhead. I loved it as a fan because that's prime tailgating time. That You don't got to oh, get yeah. up super early, even though they will, because they'll just tailgate mm-hmm. in line <laughs> before they get into the tailgate or before they get into the parking lot. But should be a good one. Again, Chiefs-Cowboys on Sunday, 3.25 at Arrowhead. Two teams at the top of their division and maybe a preview of Super Bowl. Who knows? But uh, a lot still to be figured out before then but justin march lillard appreciate you for joining us and nick always a pleasure chiefs kingdom we will see you next time don't forget to rate review subscribe to all of our different channels we appreciate you for joining us we'll see you next time this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.